Hello, and welcome to the eTech Podcast with me, your host, Ryan Morn. I have been involved in the development of electrified vehicles and machines since 2005 as an engineer and a business leader. This podcast is the product of my passion for electric and autonomous vehicle technology. I'm here to share knowledge from some of the world's leading experts, as well as my own insights. Join me as we accelerate the transition to cleaner, safer and smarter vehicles and grow the industry around the world. So for today's show, uh, I'm here with Philip Johnson, who's the CEO of a really, really interesting company called Trackwise. Um, Philip's agreed to come and talk to us a bit about his history and about Trackwise, a company, and, and the work that they're doing um, in and around um, electric vehicles and some of the key uh, components that are going into uh, to battery systems. So thank you for agreeing to come on the show today, Philip. Right, thank you for the opportunity. Look forward to, uh, to, uh, to, to talking to you. Uh, brilliant. So maybe if we could start by um, just, you know, if you could tell us a bit about yourself and, and you know, where you where you are from, what what made Philip? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I am I'm, I'm an engineer by training. Um, I did my apprenticeship with um, British Aerospace in um, in, in Filton. Um, so I did a, an, an engineering degree, an aeronautical engineering degree with them. Qualified as a mechanical engineer. Um, looking in there, I think it was the Telegraph jobs papers at the time, I saw how much patent attorneys were getting paid. And um, I thought I'd like a slice of that. So I actually went on and um, and, and did a law degree, um, thinking that I would um, qualify as a patent attorney. But um, during oh, wow. the, uh, during, I mean, I saw that I did that by correspondence course while I was, uh, while I was working, you know, in my, in my twenties. Um, but um, I think during that, I eventually woke up to, to, to realizing that I wanted to be a, a doer rather than an, an, an enabler. So um, I, I stayed in um, stayed in engineering and in, in, in manufacturing. So um, for the first sort of 15 years post um, post graduation, I worked in uh, the space business for, um, for, for for British Aerospace, and they subsequently became Matra Marconi Space EADS, and then eventually Airbus Defence and Space, um, and, and worked. For the majority of time on um, on a European satellite called Envisat. So I was a mechanical engineer. looked after the um, looked after the uh, we were the prime contractors. So looked after the uh, you know the overall mechanical responsibility for for, for for that spacecraft, the spacecraft structure. So one of the defining moments of my life was was going to be um, standing with the holding the red emergency stop button when this eight ton <laughs> eight tons satellite was sitting on the uh, Hydraulic shaker in um, in Aztec in um, in Nordvik. So that, that was uh, quite an interesting time as it went through its uh, through its primary mode. Anyway, so um, yeah, so um, fifteen years in um, in um, European space and you know worked with some in- incredibly um, incredibly brilliant people and a very interesting project. But really, the um, I felt that you know this was an environmental satellite and. Um, and we, you know, we were meant to be saving the world with um, with, with with the satellite, and I, and I felt that too much time and effort was really being being wasted on um, you know non non productive non productive um, activities. So I I wanted to stay in engineering and, and looked around for a manufacturing business that I could uh, I could um, add a bit of value to. So and and that's how I I, I ended up um, ended up with with Trackwise. Um, so oh, okay. Trackwise, based in uh, in Gloucestershire, we are um, 
Um, the business had been going about 10 years, um, manufactured printed circuit boards, and we had they had a, a niche capability to make eight-foot-long printed circuit boards, in which uh, I think your, your uh, listeners will probably know that most uh, circuit boards are eight inches in length rather than eight foot in length. Eight um, foot. Yeah. <laughs> so so 2.4 meter yeah that, that, that's right so um what earth that, do you need a 2.4 meter long circuit board for so these were one of the early gsm 900 base station antennas so um around ah. the the countryside um of the and, and towns of the mobile phone base stations on, on top of the of the tower is a is an antenna the long gray cigar shaped box and in the in the early days um the likes of vodafone were putting up these very large High gain antennas, really, just to 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 maximise the coverage of early um, early mobiles. So these were large printed antennas. So that 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 was the uh, the the reason for Tradwise um, developing this um, this large format oh, wow. capability. And and so were you actually because you know that a lot of that sort of industry of PCB production, particularly, is um, and, and in fact for a long time has has been in in Asia. But, but were you guys actually? Doing the full sort of manufacture of that board in the UK, then is it? Yeah. Such a so we, we we have remained a, a UK manufacturer. So, but but um, the um, you know the the uh, so this was 1999. I joined and I bought the business. I did an MBO in in 2000, and and so the really the intervening 20 years has just seen a an absolutely massive change in um, in um, in um, well global global manufacturing, let alone UK manufacturing. So. When I joined Trackwise, I think there were five UK antenna manufacturers, um, and now there's there's I might get in trouble with some of them, but there's now there's basically a half, and um, the, the rest of the the rest of the business has, as you say, has um, has disappeared over to to Asia. So, mm. um, but we we, we pers- you know we we met um, my premise for for, for buying Trackwise that if we could sell the Sell this capability to one, we should be able to, to sell it to an, to others, and um, sure enough, we did. Funnily enough, our, our next customer that we that we acquired that I acquired was in Melbourne, in South Australia. So, um, oh, wow, radio, okay. <laughs> radio frequency systems who are part of the Alcatel Group, and um, you know, so we shipped tons and tons of product to the other side of the world, and you know, got a Queen's Award for export. So yeah, we we, oh, wow. um, yeah. we 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 um, persevered hard, but it it is. Remained a um, remained a uh, an, an interesting period in um, in, um, in in manufacturing. But as I say, we're a, a UK manufacturer and have continued 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 over the period. And circuit, because I mean, we'll get to talk about other stuff in, in a minute. But just you know, I, I, out of interest, um, as much as anything, I I kind of learned the hard way that uh, circuit boards was something that it was very easy to take for granted. But particularly as you're getting into more complex designs and layers and uh, sort of different via technology and things like that, but actually there's an awful lot of manufacturing process technology involved in in making um, circuit boards in um, in any I mean I'm not even in any sort of volume even in like one-off quantities some of the incredibly complex boards and there's a lot of like big chemical processes and you know big stuff needed to do that at scale. Is is that um, you know that's 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 your kind of play kit that you, that you guys well, I, got? I think um, I'll go. We'll go on to describe <laughs> what we've what we've um, ended up doing in you know, making these uh, very very large circuits, and um, it's quite funny what 
we end up thinking is 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 normal now and um um, and and so you, you are right. Sometimes you need to take take a step back and think we are dealing with um, hazardous chemicals, and we are dealing with you know microns of tolerance. And um, you know, really, it isn't very uh, very uh, very easy to do. And and yes, unfortunately, our customers do want to pay you know next to nothing from it. But um, you know, that has been the the, the story of, uh, of the last twenty years of um, of manufacturing, isn't it? Is um, complete. Yep price deflation across the board and uh, I think um, it's quite interesting now to see whether that um, you know whether that um, long period of deflation in manufacturing has finally and um, finally ended so. mm. well there's a lot of contributing factors to that and yeah definitely it, yeah I, I, I think it's a really interesting time at the moment where obviously all the the economies that were sort of where they were heavily subsidizing but then maybe not necessarily competing on even terms globally are they maturing and, and maybe less prone to sort of um some of the some of what was going on in the past plus people more and more aware of the risk in long supply chains um as, as well but, but plus i do think there's a bit of it where the process technology is now so intertwined with device performance that you, you you sort of can't, in a lot of cases, just ship it out to some, you know, outfit that you've never met before and and, and don't know what they can do. There's there's such a you're not going to get me to disagree with that, right? So I'm, I'm mm. possibly not not the one to argue the contrary to. This. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. So, so, so conventional circuit boards was the thing that you did. Um, and very big conventional circuit boards, but then um, you 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 basically ended up developing some really interesting new uh, concepts and uh, and technology in this area, didn't you? Yeah. So um, Rolls Royce Aero Engines, um, um, the, the, uh, a very brilliant engineer, um, Paul Broughton, um, um, was was looking to replace the wire harness inside their aero engines with flexible printed circuit boards in order to save weight, in order to save space. And because their printed circuit boards were were, were big, um, clearly these flexible printed circuit boards were going to be big, and they heard through the supply chain that Truckwise made made big boards. So um, Rolls Royce came to uh, came to visit us, and, and and I think it's no exaggeration to say that visit absolutely changed. Changed my life and changed the life of the business. So, um, it's roughly eight meters from Fadec to Fadec around the uh, around the engine. And and one of Rolls's requirements was that the is that that roughly eight meter run run should be made as a single piece rather than a daisy chain of interconnected sections. And um, okay. I had to think about that. We had to think about that, and and came up with a means of and patented a means of making length and limited multi-layer printed circuits so um uh, on flexible substrates on, on flexible substrates yeah so all based right. on a on a roll to roll so um really the last 10 years we have been developing and and um honing the means of making length unlimited so length agnostic so the longest circuit that we made to date is 72 meters so um um which was going into a um Sit, hang on <laughs> 72. Yeah, 72. That, that's right. And you know, with um with about a, a million vias in the uh, in, 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 the, in the whole run. Yeah. So um going into a unfortunately, um because we're producing cutting edge technology, quite often this becomes 
part of the secret source of our customers. <laughs> and so they, yeah. uh, I have to be careful that we don't name names. But anyway, so it's for a um, a um, uh, a nuclear fusion application. And, okay. Um, I'd say whatever um, it is is probably big enough to see from space because it, uh, it's a big no, it's, that's box. not actually the case. But um, anyway, so um, yeah, okay. I think that our, our base, so a printed circuit board is is in general limited by the size of the manufacturing equipment used to use to manufacture it. So for yeah. I don't know the precise statistics, but ninety nine percent of the world's manufacturers can make only up to um, up to two foot in length. So 600 millimeters. So we, we have come up with a means of, of making length unlimited, length agnostic. So all done on, on roll-to-roll manufacturing. And, and, and that is what we have patented and then invested in and perfected in and, and are rolling out in our in our two facilities now in um, in, yeah. in Gloucestershire. So maybe actually, because I know I I have talked to people involved in the flexible circuit industry previously so i think we have some mutual friends at um center for process industries cpi up in yeah, in definitely. the northeast um and if i'm honest the first time i heard about this a few years ago i just couldn't even get my head around what it even was um so sort of i think i was like yeah that's very interesting and then put it in the too difficult to compute box um but having been to cpi fairly recently and seen some of the kit that they've got it's like ah Ah, I had a big eureka moment, but I think it's quite hard. Well, I don't know, maybe it's just, <laughs> perhaps just me being a bit of a dumbo, but quite hard to sort of visualize what someone actually well, means when they say a flexible circuit. So so give us the, the sort of, what well, is it? So, so we, 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 have, we have branded this technology improved harness technology. So, so mm. fundamentally, a, a flexible printed circuit was developed in the middle of the last uh, last century in order to place replace wire harness so instead of instead of having a bundle of individual wires which you strip from a reel wrap together put a connector on the ends you're using printed circuit technology printed circuit technology to etch you know etch from copper the individual circuits that replicate that wire and and as a result of replacing wire by a flexible printed circuit so individual strands of copper etched copper replacing individual wire individual wires you can save 60 70 percent of weight as well as a load of space so the weight and space saving is really the the, the, the key opportunity and um at the moment most airplanes most wire you know most uh, most airplanes most cars are wired using fundamentally a hundred year old technology and our, our proposition to the market using mm-hmm. improved harness technology is that there's a better way and particularly for electrification you know both um both automotive and particularly for aerospace electrification where the um, the energy source is limited you know to, to move mass around masses is, is, is energy is cost is carbon and so really yeah. that is where the the weight particularly the weight saving agenda is so important so yeah so it uh, instead of having a bundle of wires individual wires you, we're, we're etching etching circuits of, of any length to, to form mm. um, to form a wire harness replacement so you take a polymer blank material sheet, blank sheet yeah a, a copper clad laminate as we're calling so typically okay. a polymer yeah polyamide or um, some sort of polymer covered in in copper or sometimes yeah. nickel or sometimes other metals 
and using a digital imaging process to find what circuit we want to uh, to leave on the circuit, to find that, uh, to find the imaging step and then etch it to, to leave the individual copper traces. And, okay. yeah. and so that can be done with very, very high degree of accuracy. I mean, copper etching is a, you know, going back to your earlier point, is a, is a very precise, very repeatable manufacturing process. And thanks to Trekwise's innovation can be done on any length. Yeah. Mm. Rather than, because uh, normally you sort of like prepare a particular area and do a, a sort of an exposure and then move on to the next area, then do an exposure bit. So uh, you're talking about much more sort of continuous, um, well, yeah, you it, are talking it about is, It is a, continu a continuous process, yeah. So, yeah. so the, the, um, the, the uh, we, we have um, worked very closely with our equipment suppliers to, mm. to help us develop a means of making these, this length unlimited. And, yeah. and then um, uh, we'll come back to the sort of the problem um, with, harnesses and things in a, in a second because one, one of my sort of uh, topics uh, from my, my history but the um, you, you've also got people um, doing clever things uh, and this is, this is what the CPI guys had where they as well as that sort of conventional circuit production you're also able to add features as well aren't you sort of print and and put stuff on to that on the, the real to real process. Yeah, so CPI doing the slightly different process, which is which so trackwise is etching circuits, which is subtractive, and then other people are doing additive. So um and slightly different ends of the same market. So CPI mm. doing things like RFID tags in um, in large sure. volumes and um but using using very similar technology. So um what we are doing also is as, as I described, we are replacing a, a passive wire harness with a passive flexible printed circuit, which can save 60, 70% of weight. Um, however, we are, we are replacing, replacing with a flexible printed circuit. And onto that, you can place any surface mount component that you need. And, and mm. that, has the, that has the opportunity to, um, to turn a passive interconnect actually into an active interconnect so you can yeah. put local local sensing local signal conditioning um you know so to make re replace a, a passive interconnect actually by an active interconnect so slightly different approach than than um, cpi taking or yeah. you know, the additive approach but um very similar yeah and, and i guess that, that sort of hybridizing the two is is, is very possible and yeah definitely there is the the because you made the point earlier that the technology in a conventional wiring harness is effectively really old uh, hat. And, and I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that even in really, really high volume applications, uh, so that, 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 you know, handling wires is really difficult. So trying to sort of terminate wires and put connectors and terminal pins and, and stuff onto them is, is really tricky. And automating that process, doing it fully by machine and then bundling it into harness actually is, is really really difficult because wires are floppy <laughs> and uh, yeah, quite yeah. hard to control. So, like semi-automated, uh, but there's there's a, there's a lot of labour goes into building wiring harnesses, even in very high volume manufactured products. You know, um, and it, then it is it is a labour intensive manufacturing process, and and, and whereas the particularly the roll to roll. Flex PCB manufacturer is, is a is a very machine intensive manufacturing process, which is 
um, you know, hopefully why we can um, make it pay, uh, make it pay in the, in the UK. Yeah. Uh, Cause a lot of the, the wiring harness stuff has ended up being outsourced to like North yeah. Africa or, you know, quite low, low labor cost countries, but then you are back to having that supply chain risk and, uh, the, the, those sort of things um, coming creeping back into the process, and the other thing with um, in wiring harnesses, like the, the most common sort of failure is, is is a failure around the connection between the wiring harness and the thing that it's connecting to. So terminal pin failures, incorrect application of pins, and yeah. sort of uh, and, and even incorrect insertion of connectors. I mean that's a surprising, you know, even with all the sort of um, uh, sort of interlock systems that you get these days on connection systems. It's very, very, very difficult bit of engineering, hard to be, hard to get repeatable, lots of actually lots of cost in, in connectors and sort of that, that kind of thing. So you, you can basically completely rethink the way that you uh, harness out um, any, anything with with your technology is that? Yeah, I mean, we, we we are. I mean, believe me, it's been difficult enough to uh, to change the way an aeroplane is wired um, mm. uh, to, without changing the way that, that it's connectorized as well. But um, so um, the, the initial the initial starting point is that we will use you know reuse existing aerospace connectors, but um, with a um, uh, another company, um, we are in the process of um, developing a, a much more flex-specific, um, much more flex-specific connector. So, um, yeah, it, it is a, it is a, um, you know, you're, you're right that it is a, a, a problematic area, an expensive area. And then, um, so obviously, the podcast, we, you know, we talk about electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles, and. Um, in the, there's one area in particular on electric vehicles that you've been um, you've been looking at, if, if, if I'm right, is is yeah. yeah so um, battery battery modules, battery packs are um, we, we think an absolutely ideal use case for flex PCBs. So um, in in any battery module or indeed battery pack, you've got many many cell termination positions which are which are in highly repeatable, you know, highly defined, highly repeatable locations. So, um, like you said, the a wire harness is floppy. If you wanted to, um, if you wanted to connect connect to uh, all those different cell locations using wire, it would be a, a very problematic, um, very problematic um, manufacturing exercise. So, whereas a, a flex printed circuit, you can um, just place on, you know, directly on top of the. On, on the cell stack, weld them into place, and, and indeed, because of the nature of a flex PCB, it can actually it's very amenable to be handled by um, by by robotic handling. So, mm. again, I think in the context of or in the branding of improved harness technology, the really the, the improvement that, that flex is offering, apart from the weight and space saving, is um, is is manufacturability. So yeah, and and then I think if you then extend, you know, new new um, <clears throat> new uh, technologies going in cell to pack or even cell to vehicle, where the uh, where the modules become you know pack level or, or, or vehicle level, really the the, yeah. the inter interconnect becomes even larger, and that really plays into um, plays into trackwise capability, where we 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 are quite happy to provide two meter long. Two meter long circuits for for cell to pack applications, and um, you know I'm yeah. very interested and very excited about that as a as a coming technology. Because uh, in in my past 
experience of developing battery packs and systems, actually the, the wiring harness design inside the pack was normally very complex and and actually a, quite it's because you, you you had a sort of double problem of if you had a harness issue obviously you had an issue with the things you were trying to measure so you do typically in a pack have um heavy bus bars for moving the current around but then a quite an extensive wiring harness for the sort of instrumentation for the battery management system to measure temperatures and cell yeah. voltages and such like so cables going everywhere and obviously if the harness failed, you lost the signals that it was measuring, but then you also ended up with a conductor potentially floating around inside the pack, which is um, not ideal. So really, really safety critical on pack design. Um, so it must be being able to take the harness away and move to a much more controllable um, system, like a, like a, a flexible printed circuit, must make it an awful lot easier to... Um, to, to integrate the harness into the battery pack. That, that, that's that's the that that we believe is the is the use case. Obviously, instead of having you know 101 wires, you've got a single flex PCB, and as I say, that mm. is very very precisely ge geometrically controlled and very 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 repeatable. So really, from there, from manufacturing manufacturing manufacturability, particularly when you're laser welding and things, so very very, very tightly tightly. Um, Tightly defined locations. We think it's a, an ideal use case, and really, from so that's from a sort of a technolog technological perspective. The other thing is, um, again, from a UK manufacturing perspective, I think the reason that there's a, a significant drive to build um, gigafactories in the UK is that cells and battery modules, battery packs, are very expensive to sh and, and problematic to ship around the world, and, yeah. and so really, you know, cells. And modules and packs need to be built close to close to vehicle build, and so really that that is the proposition for Trackwise is that uh, we're going to um, provide a um, provide a a, a, a world class capability for cell interconnect close to the point of uh, close to the point of manufacture, and that's certainly that's what we're uh, what we're developing mm. amongst many other things. And and is it? I mean, <laughs> genuine question, but because you've got the high current carrying conductors that's sort of typically bus bars and, and and you see them sometimes laminated structure are, are you it you sort of integrating with bus bars and kind of you know that that sort of side of things or is the, the this is the flex circuit separate or how, how's that being done so we are we are making both high voltage and low voltage circuits but, but, but okay. I think so so but i think probably the more and that slightly depends on the cell format, but I think mm. the the I was about to say the universal use case, but the the more general use cases for the low voltage rather than the high voltage. But certainly we are making high voltage uh, high voltage circuits so for primary power collection. So again, I think people are quite surprised about that. But um, 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 yeah, no, I, I actually, to be honest, I mean, I asked the question, but I'd half assumed that maybe weren't able to do the high voltage uh, current carrying with a with flex so no, you, even... you, you you are so um, yeah oh, so wow. for re re relatively you know a bit, bit thicker copper but um mm. yeah uh, cuz i mean a, a lot of um, packs use this sort of as i mentioned before laminated structure so that that would be similar polyamide type material then with the, the sort of uh, pressed copper uh, well, actually, tin plated or uh, plated 
bus bars contained inside um, and then a sheet. So lay down a sheet, lay down the sort of press components, lay down another sheet, and you end up with a sort of single component that's a, actually got quite a bit going on inside it, but it's a single... That's fundamentally co co correct, Ryan, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. and, 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 and again, all in very precisely con controlled and repeatable geometries that, such, such that they're uh, amenable for, for welding to the precisely defined um, you know, weld positions. Mm. Wow. And it's um, in, in terms of uh, deploying flexible circuits and, uh, or, or improved, it's funny because in the automotive world, um, I think from my recollection, I mean, I, I said before, I, it was something that I just sort of like, when I first heard about it, I thought, uh, I don't really get that. And then no one's really done much around harnessing innovation other than there was a Tesla pattern a couple of years ago, which yeah. they were looking quite... Because the other, actually, having said, <laughs> wiring harness build is, is manual. Actually, if you go to a car plant, um, the harness fit into the vehicle or into the subsystem, like onto an engine or into the battery system, tends to be manual as well because you've got this big floppy wiring harness. Yeah. And it's quite funny often watching the guy, uh, a particular plant going basically lying on his back uh, like a, a sort of maroon turtle with uh, his special shoes on that were carrying bits of the harness and you know <laughs> kind of stuffing this harness into the vehicle and you sort of look at it and you think wow you know that that doesn't look like a, a sort of modern uh, production process but it, it, they're very very difficult things to to handle so tesla came up with a concept of doing like a basically a harness as a, a sort of rigid mechanical component where they had sort of rigid bus bars and then other bits. But other than, other than that, you don't really see people innovating much on harnesses. Do you think that's kind of, is that something that you think is going to change in the in the future? Well, I I, I mean I I haven't seen I obviously am aware of the of the Tesla patent and I haven't seen that it's been being um, being implemented or haven't been aware that it has been implemented. Mm. But <clears throat> I mean that was you know music to my ears because I mean that, that's fundamentally the a slightly different way of the same concept that we're offering. So I mean mm. I, I think if I optimistically project, you know, project myself forward 10 years, I think it's highly unlikely that um, Lex PCBs will replace even the bulk of wiring within the within the vehicle. Um, but but I think if you look at a different vehicle architecture, you know, the zonal, zonal architecture that they're talking about, it may well be that the backbone between the individual zones would be, you know, would, you know, would be or could be or should be done by by Flex. Um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an improvement, but I think the, the, the local geometry to the individual, you know, switches and doors and you know um, window controls are probably going to have to be um, have to still be be um, be um, affected by by wire. But uh, um, at the moment, there's a the, there's only one technology available to the to the designer, which is uh, you know which is wire. But with our, our um, our um, our intent, our mission is to really is to allow the allow them to have a, a choice on the drop down menu for the uh, for the design d design options. Yeah, cool. It's really uh, interesting. And then in in the uh, in the battery system, um, are you seeing much uptake of that in terms of people starting to look at using Flex to build in? Um... So we we have a um, we have a, um, a, a 
innovative and, and, and strong first customer um, who, who um, remains remains nameless, but um, we're we're in the um, at their request. Um, but we're in the in in the process of, of building a, a fairly large factory just south of here um, to 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 deliver that, and um, are in extensive discussions with with other OEMs and tier ones about the mm. about the the, the um, about the um, you know the rest of the capacity. Um, and there was a, a very interesting analysis put out yesterday. The battery reported, and whether you've seen that yet, but. Um, um, a, a very a very interesting read and um, one one um, stat stood out for me that the the Europe, European battery manufacturing um, is forecast to, to to grow from 57 gigawatts in 2020 to, to 480 gigawatts in 2025 so that's an eightfold increase in um, in battery manufacturing in the um, in, in Europe over over just a five year yeah. period and I would be Absolutely amazed if if the the second half of our um, you know our facility down the road is not um, is not um, used very quickly because yeah. every single one of those cells has to be you know interconnected and controlled as, as you mentioned you know from from a yeah. thermal and voltage perspective so yeah. I, I think I know who I, it's funny before Christmas uh, don't mention I, I, the name I'll have to re, I'll have to redact it <laughs> no I won't I won't don't worry but I did what I was going to say is I saw a uh, I saw a story, actually, it was a sort of technical white paper from a certain company, and it was around uh, this topic, and, and, and I logged it as, oh, that's really interesting. And then um, to the, I went back to try and find it a week or so later, and it, and it had vanished, and, and had, okay. as had any other trace of it being mentioned, I thought, oh, someone in the uh, PR department there obviously got a bit carried away and, and put out okay. something they shouldn't have. Um, so, um, yeah, it was quite... Uh, uh, to the point where I actually thought I was going mad. <laughs> it's very frustrating when you find something and then can't refind it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, no, uh, um, they're they're a very exciting business and and you know a, a very exciting UK business more to more to the point and um, we're delighted yeah. to be part of it and 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 the you know the the, the battery the battery is uh, such a key part of any electric vehicle obviously and. Um, Likewise, is making some pretty key components to go into that. So we're we're very excited about that. But as I say, the 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 um, the uh, is, we're at such a epoch, you know, e you know, such a such yeah, a change yeah, yeah. point in in the in the industry in the in in the automotive industry, and, and as reflected by that that forecast eightfold demand increase over the next five years. Yeah. Yeah, and actually to have something different on the front of that, so you're not just battling it out against the lowest cost labour harness assembly people is, is a really exciting place yeah, to yeah, be, yeah. I'm sure. So difficult questions then. The, what are the drawbacks? You know, is it is it like mega expensive tooling? Is it higher cost? Like what there's got there's gotta be some downsides to uh, to this technology. Um <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I, I would have to say none, but no, you know. But uh, yeah. um, so, I mean, I think uh, for, for diff different app different applications, you know, the, the drawbacks are different. So, um, one of the things, you know, we, we I told you that we we started from from aerospace, and you know, we've got quite a bit of um, well, a lot of um, a lot of activity going on on the, on the aerospace, particularly the. The, the more all electric aviation perspective and and um, um, there the um, 
the, the repairability is um, is 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 um, is not latched upon, but is um, is um, considered to be a bit of a drawback. So a bundle of wires, in theory, if you damage a damage a wire, you can um, you can um, you can um, splice in another one. Whereas a, a flexible printed circuit, if you've got a bundle of a bundle of traces or you know a, a string of traces within an individual flex PCB, if you damage it, you know you you. It, it, it's not really amenable to such a, such repair. So, um, yeah. and the other thing is that you mentioned the floppy um, the floppy nature of wire. So, um, the 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 advantage of that is that it can bend in in all directions, whereas a a flexible printed circuit board doesn't have the um, you know it, it bends in pitch up and down, but you know when bends side side to side. So, um, you know when, when I've yeah. been having discussions with them. Um, you know, particularly aerospace customers, you know, things have gone well. They metaphorically hand me a hand me a wire design and say, say, tell us what that would look like in flex. And so um, part of me thinks, you know, that's great, they're interested. And part of me thinks, you know, oh dot dot dot, you know, if they designed it in flex, it wouldn't look like this. So um, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and just going back to the battery point, that is why batteries are such a good use case. They're flat, rectangular. Mm-hmm rectangular blocks you know so um you know very you know good geometrical use cases to flex pcbs and you know that, that's really why i think that um rather than necessary the body in white or the doors or whatever of, uh, of automotive the battery is uh, is an absolutely ideal use case for that so right okay and, and interesting one thing that springs to my mind as a question is sort of is there a limitation in terms of how many layers you can build up you know is it is it always there, there is so I mean I, I, I mentioned our, our patent is 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 around is around multi is, is around multi layers so mm. typically again for aerospace or space applications you're wanting shielding shielded wires and and therefore you're typically wanting a four layer board so which is two conductor layers with two shields on the outside so um and and if you think of a wire harness you're you're you know you're never going to want to go much more than you know, four or six layers, really. You know, if you just think of, yeah. think about what what a wire harness looks like. So occasionally you can have a shielded wire with a with an overbraid, and that's that's effectively a six layer. So it isn't characterised by very high wire counts, right? by very high layer count. Yeah. So, so I guess the advantage. So, for, so from a compared to a sort of conventional PCB A, where you can get lots of layers, but then it's rigid, and you've got components on it and it, it's a functional circuit compared to wiring harness where you've got a bundle of cables you've you, you can print multiple tracks on a single layer yeah. here so, so you, you you could have actually lots lots of stuff going on on um on one layer in in a in a sort of different yeah, way yeah mm-hmm. and, and that's really where where the because you're not reeling off individual wires from a from a from a reel and putting them all together you know we're able to package it in a much more efficient manner and that I mean, the, the, the space saving is very very significant and that and that is very interesting again in aerospace where you know the the the, the, the a modern system in general regardless of what industry you're 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 talking about um typically people want a greater functionality in a smaller form factor um, mm. and, at lower, and at lower cost, but um, you know that for smaller, greater functionality in in a, in a smaller form factor is definitely um, a, a, you know is one of the macro uh, macro trends that um, is playing in our favour. So, 
Well, you know, with the wiring harness, there's often like issues, reliability issues. Uh, one of my favorite, really bizarre failure modes that you say, <laughs> favorite failure mode. Yes, uh, I did just say that. Um, <laughs> when you get um, on a conventional multi-strand um, wire that isn't fully filled, you can get this sort of capillary effect where liquids are drawn up the wire. Um, and actually, really interestingly, if one end of it is attached to a, a, a high power device like an EDU or a you know an electronics module that's getting hot, the sort of heating and cooling on one end of it can actually act a bit like a pump and kind of draw fluids through um, seals and stuff like this. And 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 you end up with, you know, you you can sometimes end up with really random problems with the wiring harness sort of rotting out from an environmental point of view. I, you know do, how. Can you deal with that sort of thing? Is it, is it we can do, and, and, and again, uh, that that is that is, you know, that that is going back to the the disadvantage of you not being, uh, or the perceived disadvantage that we're not able to repair it. The reason we're not able to repair it, repair it, is that it's a single integrated item rather than an assembly of uh, assembly yeah. of, um, of of individual components, and and therefore that's that integrated item means that there are less failure modes that, you know, there isn't this channel for this, um, this wicking, et cetera. But, uh, yeah. And that, I think that'd be pretty important in, you can imagine some very high integrity, other very high integrity applications where actually that would be a, a major, um, major advantage because of yeah. the, the issues around, uh, around harness harnesses and, and, and that sort of problem. So when you're, uh, when you're making this, uh, the structure up, um, you can bring the different layers together. One, one, I, probably last question for me before before I ask you a bit about the future. But how do you bring it out? You know, so how do you go, how do you go about terminating it? You know, it, is it? You mentioned the more sort of um, flex centric connector system, but can you? How, how do you join it into stuff? Basically, how does that um, how does that work? So, so I think as I mentioned earlier, so particularly on on, on the aerospace side, we um, we um, we uh, want to reuse existing connectors, and because this is not new technology, a flex printed circuit has been around for such a long time. Um, mm. th th there are there are you know flexible printed circuit boards. Terminations for just about all aerospace connectors, so it's a little bit more problematic in automotive. But certainly for aerospace, there are you know we can put a um, we can put a um, you know put a put a put a, a connector directly onto the FPC um, through plated holes or by you know uh, termination. Okay. But, but equally, we can do a you know we can terminate in 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 wires. So do a flex to wire transition and and. Um, so then, you know, once you've, you've, you've transitioned to wire, um, you can then go into any connector or any geometry. So um, quite often, quite often, we are using a sort of a hybrid construction. You know, like like as I said, for, for the car, you know, you have the, the main harness down the front of the body in white, in flex, but then branching out into wires for for, for breakouts and um, you know, routing to individual um, individual terminations elsewhere so yeah, yeah. That, that flex to wire transition is quite an important um quite an important technology okay yeah well, really interesting so um that i mean that's been a fascinating discussion about the sort of um thank you yeah. the, the company and the technology and i've i've uh it's really helped me to to get a better sort of feel for the flex and, and particularly 
how you might use that in a, in a battery system. So what, what's got you, um, what are you excited about, you know, for the next year and, and the future? What's, uh, what things are you most looking forward to? Well, we, we, as I said, we have, um, we haven't touched on the fact that we're um, aimless to business. So um, we, we, we um, floated in 2018 and um, have done a, a number of raises since. So, um, that, that, that has largely been to, to fund the, um, the excuse me the innovation and the expansion of our capabilities. So um, we are we in the process of um, equipping a, a new facility down here in Stonehouse in um, in um, Gloucestershire, and I'm very excited to, to to see that up and running in the first quarter of this year in full production about in the middle of the year. So um, that that is going to be a you know, a, a major growth story for the business and a, and a major milestone for the business. And, and really that the, the ability to show to our investors where their money has gone, you know, other stakeholders, <laughs> other customers, yeah. um, you know, showing we have an internal mantra, you know, quantity, quality, qualified. So when we can, um, when we can demonstrate to our, to ourselves, to our investors, to prospective customers, customers that we can manufacture, you know, board at rate to the requisite quality, and, and these are being used in um, used in um, you know used in anger in uh, in live vehicles. Then um, I think that's going to be very powerful. So that that is probably my um, my um, my my single excitement about 2022. But but equally, as I mentioned, we're really only occupying half of that uh, that half of that facility. And my real mission is to. Um, is to get the next OEM, the next tier one, to uh, to understand that they're going to need that capacity and and to sell that going forward. So, yeah, and we haven't even mentioned things like medical catheters that we're doing in um, that we're doing as well. So the same technology is um, is very applicable for medical catheters and things. So we, we've got um, a, a huge amount going on across multiple uh, multiple different multiple different channels. Oh wow, a catheter! Oh, um, uh, that's maybe maybe a, a separate discussion, but I think the, yeah, makes you know, my hair stand up just thinking about it. <laughs> the the, um, the, 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 the real opportunity, in, in my opinion, is the is is the battery space. It's um, yeah. it's uh, you know as as we've just described, so a very very interesting time to be in business. I think it's not often in the life of a of a of an SME, and we are still a small business that you get a. A globally innovative technology, and um, you know, I'm very interested and exciting to see how you know how far we can go with it in our three verticals: EV, yeah. medical, and, and aerospace. Well, I mean, even the EV, that the actually we, we we often talk about the the electrification of everything, you know, because you've got an awful lot of things like warehouse robotics, which are effectively EVs moving yeah. around, you know, mobile robotics platforms which have battery yeah. packs and more complex wiring systems and batteries and stuff, and you. You know, electrification in aerospace you mentioned already electrification automotive you know there's there's such a lot going on um around electrification in in, in all sorts of sectors that has a lot of cross-pollination like a lot of you know crossover opportunities and things like that so it's uh it, it, brilliant uh, so it, it's been absolutely fantastic to to talk to you philip really pleased that uh, we managed to get the time to do this i'll put loads of links and things down in the show notes so so hopefully that next oem might have been listening and uh, <laughs> they uh, if they go to the show notes they'll be able to uh, to find out how to get in touch with you but uh, that's been great thanks uh, thank Good you very much for taking the, the opportunity time. Yeah, nice to speak to you Ron. yeah brilliant Bye for now then. Thank you.